The following message is a portion of the revelations that Bob received concerning heaven and hell. It's been his great privilege over the years to have many supernatural encounters, and the Lord has graciously revealed portions of his heart to Bob. However, back in 1975, during a time when Bob was prophesying the various forms of abortion that would be coming to this nation and the judgment that would follow, the enemy made a threat to him that he would take his life if he continued to prophesy these things. Well, actually, the enemy made good on his promise, and on August the 8th, 1975, Bob experienced death. And in this process, he was taken to heaven and uh, received a glimpse of, of heaven and the important issues to the Lord. And, of course, the Lord raised him back up on, on August the 8th, a date that Bob calls his resurrection day. And from that day to this, the Lord has been gracious to to give a special revelation each year on this day, something as a commemorative of that experience. But the following message is a portion of, of the revelations that he received and some other things the Lord has shown him about eternity, about the kingdom of heaven, and about the reality of hell. We hope and trust it will be a blessing to you. In Second Corinthians chapter 12, Starting with verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. This experience that Paul writes about in this passage is very similar to one that, that Bob had, and we trust that you'll gain great insight from its truths, and perhaps it would even plant within you the seeds of desire to see these things on this side of heaven so that we can become the prophesied kingdom of the righteous. The Lord's blessings to you. Now we can go. Okay, let's go back now to the date you gave me, August 8, 1975. Tell us what. Tell us about the tunnel and. Well, on August the 8th, well, on August the 7th, to the best I remember, in, in 75, Val and I were coming back from the Lake of the Ozarks. We'd been under fishing, and as we started driving back on the road, the Spirit of the Lord began to. For a few years, I'd been really, of fighting and trying to wake the churches up and trying to bring the churches into some unity to where we could begin to wake up and you do a little combat with a, the spirit of abortion that was really grieving me because uh, at those times I was getting so grieved because I could hear the babies cry. I've not been the only prophet that could either. But I could hear those babies cry. And they were the babies that were crying because they were dying. And uh, we were coming back from the Lake of the Ozarks, and the Spirit of the Lord just came right into our cab like light. And I began to prophesy, but what was prophesying to me, I didn't know, but it made Vowell and I sick at our stomachs. Because I began to prophesy how they would perfect technology for abortion. And I began to prophesy that they would literally burn babies alive. I began to prophesy that any time 
that you interfered with a pregnancy whatsoever. It was as bad as walking up to a grown person and blowing his head off. It's all the same sin. It's murder. What happened with Jim Jones down there is no worse than what happens in some of our garbage cans behind the hospital every week in this town right now. You think that's bad? No. It's no worse down there. Them people had a choice down there. But Jim Jones, them babies had no choice. Many of them were God's firstborn, which belonged to him. And so, as I was coming up, I began to prophesy how they'd perform that technology and how they would burn babies alive with acids, chemicals, and how they'd also just cut them into little pieces, and how they would keep performing the technology of that abortion, and how they'd finally in the last days come to where they'd just give a woman a pill, and it'd just push the baby, and the baby would just literally starve to death. But I'll tell you something else I prophesied back then, too. As we kill them babies, so will we be killed. There's judgment on this nation now that we will most certainly reap. Every way that we have touched those innocent ones, we as a nation will have judgment along that same way. Uh, we as a body of Christ, we don't come under that curse, but this nation does. And many times, if we don't have the leading of the Holy Spirit and we're out doing our thing, then we're going to get the same as what the world gets. And so, uh, as I came back, uh, I was saying all them things, and boy, I think Val and I was glad to get home. Well, that night, a demon came, and he said, you go on with your ministry. Don't you prophesy about abortion anymore, and don't you tell what you've seen. And uh, we'll leave you alone. We'll let you heal. We'll let you miracle. We won't raise up any uh, uh, warfare against you, any persecution against you. But if you prophesy one more time about what you've seen, I'll kill you. Well, I'll tell you, that devil didn't scare me at all. Because I saw a lot of devils when I was in sin before I turned to the Lord. But I was with the Lord, and I didn't think that devil could touch me. So the, when the morning came, I began to share it with some people. And then me and my son went out to work. And I got out there about 15 minutes, and I mean, I got to hurting so bad from my belt down that I couldn't stand it anymore. I went back home. And from my belt down, it was like my entire body began to cramp. So they got me to a doctor. And the doctor looked at me and he says, I don't know what's wrong with him, but you better get him in the hospital quick so that everything with him quit working. And I told him, no, I, I don't want to go to no hospital. If I'm going to die, I want to die home. So they took me home and he says, you better take these pain pills. So he gave me some pain pills. I took three of them and they didn't even phase it. Didn't have time, I guess, to really get into my system either. And blood started pumping right out of my mouth and out of both of my noses. Every time my heart had beat, blood had come. I wrapped a wet towel around my head. And I just laid down on the bed. And Man, I mean, the pain was awful. And I was thinking, wow, this is serious. 
and then about that time the pain ceased and I wasn't in pain anymore I was in a tunnel and I was in like a dark tunnel and I looked down there about as far as this place and I saw a crystal light down there and oh it was beautiful and I saw the form of a man in it and where I was there I knew where I was and my thoughts was what do you know the devil did kill me I wonder how he done that I'm going to ask the Lord but then there's another thought that really come into my mind too I want to tell you you can still think there and uh, that thought was oh brother did I spot my garment if I got unknown sin in me and the man that stood beside of me I had seen him before in my visions and dreams and he terrorized me I knew him as a faceless man that's still how I know him I still can never put a face on him but he's the one that stands by my side always before that I was terrified of him but this time he was a friend he was the Holy Spirit the paraclete to stand by and he said Bob in a gentle voice usually he was always coming to rebuke me and this time he was real gentle and he said Bob you can look now and see look so I could even look within myself and I had on a white robe and I began to weep Lord God I come out of such deep sin and you kept me clean your mercy and grace is beyond my understanding and I just went there weeping and as I began to walk and that's what I did I walked like you would here I walked out of that tunnel I walked to that crystal light and that beautiful person in there and and when people would come to him and all type of people come to him uh, he would ask them just one question he didn't ask them what you gave or what you did or how many people you led to the Lord or anything like that he asked them one question only did you learn to love when you come to Christ that's the only question he's going to ask you uh, I've seen Christians there that were saved that ducked their head in shame because they had to tell the truth there. You can't lie there because things are even within you will cry out the truth. You can't lie. And they would say, No, I become bitter. I become discouraged with the body of Christ. They had to tell it. No, no, I didn't learn to love anybody but myself. Well, they were saved. He would kiss them. But there was no rewards waiting for them. They just made it by grace. And I seen some that were the most homely and had the least going for them you'd ever believe. And they come there and man, they were all jolly and happy. And the Lord would ask them, Did you learn to love? And they'd say, Oh, yes, Lord. We learned to love. And he would kiss them. And they'd go right in. Like two big doors in his heart. It was like the gates of heaven was the heart of Jesus. And it was like you just went right into his heart. And they were gates there. And they had uh, six stones on both sides. And they had gates there that went on up. You couldn't see the gates. But they was in Jesus' heart. And I got growing up here closer. I got to it. And I looked down there and my robe wasn't spotted. And I uh, I got real happy. 
and I come into the light, I come into the crystal light that was the glory of God, and all the good feelings I've ever known and all the times that I have been, if I'd have put them all together into an instant and multiplied it a million times, it would have utterly stunk. I felt so secure there. I felt so at peace in that crystal light. Only about six months ago did I understand about his glory there in the 8th chapter of the Song of Solomon in the 7th verse. And there it's called love. And when the Lord told me that in a vision, and I went before him for about two days, Lord, I thought that feeling you're describing there in the Song of Solomon is love, was your glory. Because I was in your glory, in your glorious light. That light penetrates right into your mind. It penetrates your soul. You just become saturated with it. And that's what this body is going to do this year, become saturated in Papa's swimming pool. Yep. You're going to have to wash yourself with a little washing of the water by the Word in preparation, which is fine. That's the water. But get ready also for the power in his swimming pool. And so he told me about that glory and about that love. And the Word says, Lord, I'm going to go to the Word any time over one of my experiences. And he told me a secret that I didn't know, and I've told quite a few pastors and quite a few of them said, oh yeah, we knew it. Well, I wish they'd have told me. What he told me was this, Bob, my glory and my love is the same thing. Uh, you can check it out in the 17th chapter of John. The glory that I had with the Father from the beginning or the love that I had with the Father from the beginning. It's all the same thing. Man, when you dwell in that, there's not anything on this earth that you'd come back for. And I was there. And I was clean. And when the Lord... I just see them people that he'd reach out and kiss. Come my time. Man, I was ready to pucker up. Because, man, I mean, I felt greater in the time that I was with him than... I'd ever known before and I was relishing every second of it and it was so beautiful I don't know what it had been on past that but man that was the most beautiful feelings I'd ever had in all my life and I was in that liquid love that love was just pouring all over that his love and his glory was just all over that place but as I come close to him he held out his hand he said no go back I told him, Lord, I don't want to go back. That's pain. That's hurt. There's failure out there. I haven't accomplished anything. He said, go back. I've called you to be a seer. And you're to see for my leaders. I want you to touch a few of the leaders that I'm going to use in the latter days. I want you to begin to go and to back them up. And I said, but Lord, I don't want to go back. And he said, but Bob, when you were saved in the Baptist church, you really had a love for souls. And that soul still has a calling on your life, and you've not accomplished what I appointed you to do yet. 
because I'm going to bring in over a billion souls into myself in the last great waves upon the earth, which will be three. And I want you to go back and prepare the leaders and show them how to get a hold of me for themselves. For I'm not calling you to be a leader of the church. I don't want you to ever pastor either. But go back. Go back and get the church ready to do it my way. Well, I said, Lord, for souls, I'll go back. So I came back. But when I was before the Lord, all five of my senses, all five that my soul depends on, were more alive were more blessed. My taste, I could taste greater. With my nose, I could smell all the fragrance. And other visions to where he came other times and took me to heaven. And I entered in, there's seven levels up there in heaven. The throne is on the third level. I don't know what goes above that. But you're continually growing in heaven, just like you do down here. Only up there you don't have any devil opposition. Down here you have a lot. And you know, the greater devil opposition you have down here, the greater you are in heaven. Because you've had to fight greater wars. Some people that are really, be, that are really uh, in great leadership down here, they don't have much reward up there because they didn't have to fight much. But some people are just coming out of carnality. And out of the bottom of the pit. Man, they got beautiful mansions up there. In one vision, I saw one of the most beautiful mansions up there. And a woman had it by the name of Corey Tenboom. And the Lord said, She pleased me. You want to copy after somebody? Because she copied after me. She really lived in humility. I want to tell you, sisters have just as big a testimony up there as brothers do. Now, my own way of seeing this is their beautiful mansions in heaven was created in them down here by what they endured. You want a pretty mansion in heaven? Then grow up down here because that mansion that's built by the Holy Spirit's you. You're the house the Lord builds to dwell in. And I mean that Cory Ten Boone was built by the Spirit beautifully down here. But in heaven... Her mansion showed. She was that mansion, so were you. The only thing that is not settled in all creation is you. If the Lord wanted to build kingdoms or anything, he'd speak it into existence. You are the mansions he's building. You are the land that he wants. You are the holy land that he's raising up for his use. And you grow into humility. And you grow up in righteousness, taking on holiness. And you will be a beautiful mansion that the Lord will inhabit. Just throw that in without any charge. I was taken to the first level. And it was like eternal springtime there. 
And just the, we might say those Christians is saved by grace is the only one I was comfortable on. And as I went there, he took me into a beautiful meadow. And it was like spring, only the light wasn't like a sun as we know it. It was like everything was light. And in the kingdom of heaven, everything is light. The flowers are light. The water is light. And they're just different colors of light. And so he took me there, and I just wanted to lay there in that meadow. It was, I mean, peace all over. The peace is beyond anything I can describe to you. I wish I had words, but I can't do it. And so that peace was there. And as I would just lay down in the grass and the flowers, uh, it was like I was light. And I wouldn't hurt the flowers, but I could smell them. The sense of smell is beyond anything you can imagine. Can you imagine all the flowers in the earth and all the nectar being poured into one drop and put underneath your nose? It's like you can smell all the nectar of all the beautiful smells on the earth at once. It was like everything on the earth was first in heaven and then brought down here as a blessing. Uh, they were fruit there. And the Lord picked some fruit and said, Taste it, I tasted of it. Well, I love uh, apricot, especially when it's real juicy. And it was sort of like a real juicy, ripe apricot. Oh, it was. Oh, the taste was beyond anything that I can describe do. And then I listened. I was right by a brook. And it was running down uh, some trees on both sides of the brook. And I could hear the water running. And the water was singing praises. And I could see the wind blowing like in the pine trees. And it was praising too. And they were birds sitting on the branches of those pines. And they were singing praises. And the Lord said, look at those. Those are the songbirds that I loose to the earth, to the body. So that's why I call the praisers the songbirds. Because when they start praising in the spirit, one of them birds from up there just comes and sits on their shoulder and begins to sing in their ear, and so they just repeat it. I mean, that's the way it works. So these songbirds we've got here is because they've been anointed by those that sent to them. And so sound was beyond anything I can tell you. All the sounds there were so pleasant. There wasn't anything that irritated your ear. Uh, they was, uh, the saints were being taught or were in praise or in song. The songs there were so beautiful. And the music was beyond description. And uh, it was just the contentment that was in me. Uh, I had a desire that I could have just stayed there for thousands of years without moving. Uh, the feelings that come over me. When those songs and everything had come, they were feelings like just a wave would come through my body. And the feelings, one of the sense of feel, was just, as, as the praisers would come, it would be like a ripple would come through me. That's what's going to happen in this body too. It's going to come like this, like a ripple. Then it'll come like this, like a wave, again and again. You're going to start seeing. That was sound and feelings. 
hearing and feeling. And as I already told you about my eyes, everything that I seen was beautiful. He took me to the second level of heaven. It was likened to the first. Only the light was more severe, it hurt my head. I wasn't mature enough to enjoy it. Then he took me to the third heaven and to the throne room. And uh, literally those that mature in the last days in the church of Philadelphia, they're the ones that will be in that third heaven. But there I couldn't stand it all. I had to hide behind Jesus. Jesus was like colored sunglasses to me there. And I had to look through him to even see any of the things going on there. And I was begging him to take me back. The only place I was happy with was the first level. And that's where all the, literally the baby Christians went. That's why I was content. But that third level was so much light and glory beyond all the other levels. And the saints in heaven are continually growing and growing and going from one level to another. They're continually ministering to one another, teaching one another. They're doing many things. Their activity is there. But the third level, its light was so bright that it was like the light of platinum or like gold. And uh, I was very, very uncomfortable there because the light was stronger than what I could bear. So he took me back down to the first level. And that's where he's taken me quite a few times when I go to heaven. And that's where I've seen some of the saints. Uh, he won't let me talk to the saints, especially some of the disciples, the apostles that become apostles, because they got a right to talk to us first. For you see, you're part of their testimony. And your children, and your children's children are part of their testimony. So they're waiting to see how their testimony winds up as we're one another part of one another's testimony. There's not any private thing in the body of Christ because every one of us cross-pollinate one another's lives so much that it's really one testimony down through all history. And we're the end product of all the suffering, of all the breakthroughs, and all the prayers, and all the praise that's ever been in the body of Christ. And your children will be the product of what you go through as your grandchildren, and you'll see your grandchildren. But you are in that end time, and you can expect these revelations of what I'm speaking about increase because in the movement of the spirit these five senses that your mind depends on to run it you're going to have to submit them to the spirit within you and you're going to begin to understand how to do that and how to move in the spirit because it's the five senses that you move in exercising the senses get ready to understand Hebrews 514 on a level like you've never known before and especially 6-1 because you've got to go through 514 before you get to 6-1 and the best way I could say about 6-1 is just uh, maturity uh, growing up in righteousness the place that you can take hold of holiness it's really what it's saying there and you do that by destroying your carnal five senses 
and making them look to the Spirit within you for the answer. For the answer is within you. You're going to learn how to do it. It's your choice. Believe. No matter what your five senses says and that TV and the radio is saying, believe that God's got it all under control. He does. And that you are the beloved that he's been waiting to put on his knee. You are. And that his love is towards you. It is. Get ready to love in a new way that you've never loved before. Yeah. When I went to the Lord in death, there was an escalator on my left side. And those people were wrapped in whatever they served on the earth. I saw men encased in whiskey bottles. I saw men and women wrapped in dollar bills. I saw men wrapped up in their own lawn that they had worshipped on the Sunday instead of going to church. Whatever a man's God was on the earth is what he was bound with on that escalator. And some of them were bound with some pretty horrible stuff. But whatever a man had served in his God, at every person there, it had a God, even if it was atheism, he had a God on the earth. And there he was bound by that God. And there the Spirit of God, a Papa, was in him, and there the Spirit of God would release when that man stood there. And that man would know Jesus. He couldn't move. I have no idea where he'll ever move again. But there he was like a mummy with just his face to where he could see. And the men and women there would look on the face of the Lord and look at the beauty and would look at the peace. And they would see everything that I seen. And I want to tell you something else there. Your mind was total clear. Only the saint's mind was all things that hurt them was removed. But I noticed that those that were wrapped in other gods, their mind was made total clear. And they went on by and their face would drop way down, their eyes would become big, and they would go down like an escalator, like into a coal storage place that was cold and dark to where that they'd just be stacked like blocks of ice. And they were just shooting down there and never again would they see any light. Never again would they look on the love of God and on Jesus. For they went down in there for eternity. And that's one reason that I was willing to come back. Because their number was about 97 to each three of us that was going through the doors. For about each three saints on the earth today, there's 97 people that's going to hell. And that's why the Lord brought this body into being. So that we could grow up in godly wisdom and begin to exhibit the kingdom of God on the earth before it's too late for those 97. I mean, they had their witness because they had the Spirit of the Father in them. But that left them. And all they had for eternity was hell. Now in another vision, years ago, 
I was sent to a young man. He was around 24 years old. He was beautiful. He was married. He had a good wife and some children. That young man, he stood about about 6'4". He was a cement finisher and he was really uh, beautifully put together. And I was... His wife had got spirit-filled, and she had begun to <coughs> serve the Lord. This young man was a Mormon. And uh, he uh, left her because she got spirit-filled. And the Lord spoke to him in dreams and said, Go warning. So I went to him, and uh, I began to try to witness to him. And he laughed at me. He said, I'm okay. He says, I'm getting drunk every night. He said, I've got a new woman every night, too. He said, me and this priest I'm staying with, we're having a ball. He says, when I get tired of it, I'm going to go back, and that woman will bow down to me, and she'll never open her mouth to me again as long as I live. Thinking, oh, Lord, did I blow that one? Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I don't know how to witness to this man. And so I left. I was really grieved, and I was really repenting, and the Lord spoke to me and said, that's the last witness I'll ever give him. About nine months later, I was reading in the paper. And that young man, uh, right in the prime of life, died. And about three weeks after he died, died of pneumonia. About three weeks after he died, the Lord came and says, Come with me. And... <clears throat> took my hand back in those days like a grown-up would take a little brother's hand. I was about like five or six years old. And we started going down. And we went down in the most dreadful place and I started begging him, let me go and let me go back. I didn't like it because as we went down, the air began to stink like you wouldn't believe it. It began to stink like black exhaust smoke out of an auto. And that's how my sight was too. I couldn't see anything. My eyes burned. My eyes hurt. I heard screeching noise and everything that irritated me in my ears. Uh, my feelings were just like I was going to... I was so sick I wanted to heave all the time. Uh, my nose smelled the most awful smell. <coughs> the taste in my mouth was like poison. And we kept going down worse and worse. And we came into a place of black smoke that, that didn't have no top, no bottom. It was like a vacuum. I mean, I couldn't touch nothing. I couldn't feel nothing. My mind couldn't touch anything. My mind was out of track. And I saw a man there. I saw a head in a macaroni basket. And that macaroni basket was hung out of nothing. And it was swinging back and forth. And I heard a voice saying, But the priest said I was all right. And that doctor said it was a small thing. And I went around and looked at him. And there he was. He just his head here. He couldn't turn his head. He couldn't see nothing. And over and over and over, that's all he repeated. But they said my soul was all right. And they said it was just a small thing that I'd recover. I looked at it and, oh, I was really sick about that time. And the Lord spoke and said, Bob, he's not going to be here just a 100,000 years. He hasn't got any hope. Even the devil would be company down here with him. But this is his eternal judgment. 
eternity. I'll tell you people, hell is real. Heaven is real, but so is hell. And all the five senses in hell are just as rampant on the evil side as the five senses in heaven are on the right side. The church needs a vision of hell because it's time we quit playing games and got into what the Lord is into, souls. So, the experiences I've had had to deal with my soulish five senses. Good, beyond anything I can describe in heaven. Bad, beyond anything that I can describe in hell. Hmm, that's... Oh, I like to think on that. We are one family, and Daddy's got us all in the book. He's got us registered there in that book. And that's another thing, that he's going to begin to bring godly wisdom into leaders. And all of Daddy's family will begin to relate to those who have godly wisdom. Uh, he don't want a divided family. Religion divides. But he's got us all written in a book. And I, I'll tell you, I can give praise where I feel like it or not, just knowing that my name is written there in Daddy's book. He's got a record of it. So when I want to get out of my trials and troubles, I just think about my family. Papa is a family man. And that's what he's going to begin to exhibit. His glory, his glorious love on his family. And that's the only hope the world's got, is to see his family with his love, his glorious love exhibited on his family.